powered by Sports Interaction, Canada Sportsbook. Oh, isn't it good to be coming in off of a win? Welcome everyone to Game Over Calgary. My name is Peter Klein and this show has a much different tone to it um, than it would have about 35 minutes ago when the Flames had a lead and then they didn't. But then they did and they won. So welcome to the show everyone. Today we are going to be talking about two very key reasons why they won that game. Um, and then going to talk about some young players. I still think they're young players. I got pushback on that today. We will discuss that as well as some goaltending. Um, I can see the chat already discussing some goalie situations. So should be a fun one today. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Before we get too far into it, I do want to ask you though, think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet or make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's hockey, football, or basketball, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many Prop Bets Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That is sportsinteraction.com sdpn. 19 years and older. Please play responsibly. If this is an area that you need help, there are links in uh, the show notes here on YouTube as well as um, for those listening in podcast form later. Um, if you do need help, there is no shame in that game. Uh, definitely click on those links. So the Calgary Flames picking up a victory in this one here tonight. Uh, 4-1 ends up being the final score over the St. Louis Blues. This game, pretty boring through about 35 minutes of it. And then uh, our, our boy Dewar comes in and does it. I was trying to go with does it, and it didn't. I, I couldn't get my mouth to say that. Um, but he gets the goal to give the Flames a 1-0 lead, heading to the third period, and everyone concerned, worried, stressed. All right, already blew a lead last game against these guys. What are they going to do tonight? And they blew a lead, but then they got it back, and they held on to it. And um, I saw Noah, who's in the in the chat. I saw him tweeting, "It's four one," and I'm still not going to be satisfied till this game's over. When they scored to make it three one, there was like five percent of me that was like, "Oh, this is going to hurt so bad when they blow this one too." But they ended up holding on um, for the uh, the win in this one. Uh, good evening to AU's vlog or Ow's vlog. Um, either way, good evening to you. Uh, the, the Flames with the win, look, I, I, my thought, or my plan coming in was to talk about Dubé and Coleman coming in, but y'all really want to talk about goaltending, so let's get right into the goaltending conversation. Dan Vladar, without a shadow of a doubt, was 100% the best player for the Calgary Flames in this game. I don't know what was going on with this team in that first period, but there was just one straight up breakaway. And then two that I don't know if you would like fully count them as breakaways. The, 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 the group of elders, um, in the breakaway society probably wouldn't vote for those as breakaways, but there was no one between the blues player and the flames goalie. And so that's breakaway enough for me. It's at least breakaway adjacent. And the blues had two of those and Vladar came up with some monster saves on, on those plays as as well it this game looks a whole lot different if Vladar isn't spectacular in that first period and if he is not the Flames best player in this game then once again we are having an entirely different conversation he has been spectacular and Markstrom has stumbled over the last little bit. I do think Markstrom was um, has kind of found that number one goalie form, but this is the thing with Sutter that frustrates me. I say the thing as if there's one. Um, 
But one of the things that frustrates me with Daryl Sutter is this, like, you have, I would say, two good goalies now, right? I think we can all, uh, these are the agreed upon facts of the case. We, we can agree that these are two good goalies that the Calgary Flames had, as frustrated as we can get with Markstrom at times. Um, the Flames have two good goalies. I don't know why the second Markstrom starts to show that he's the number one, Kate, ride him into the ground. Like, he said at the beginning of the season, yeah, we want to get Vladar about one start a week. And maybe we're averaging that, but that's because they rode Vladar into the ground. I, I think they said on the broadcast tonight, this is two starts in the last nine. Um, I I tend to agree with the chat that it probably should be Vladar Saturday uh, against the, the Dallas Stars. If it's Markstrom, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but they need to split the last two games of this road trip. The, the thing for me, it, it's not necessarily like just in a vacuum this guy needs to start this game this guy needs to start this game but for me it's more neither of them should be making more than three starts in a row the rest of the way in my opinion i think that you're at a point now with both of these goalies that you can trust them in in any situation as long as you're not rolling them out there for seven of nine starts or 12 of 15 starts or any of this kind of stupid bullshit that the flames have been going on with just let these guys get a bit of a breather. I don't know how you can look at how Markstrom struggled in that postseason series against Edmonton last year and think, oh yeah, let's just keep rolling him out there with the same workload that he has this year. I, I just, it's it's so, so, so frustrating from a Flames perspective. I want to look up, what how many games has Markstrom played so far this year? I, maybe I'm overdoing it here, but... It just feels like anytime Markstrom gets even the slightest bit hot, it's all right, ride him into the ground. Let's go. Yeah, Markstrom, hold, is that right? Markstrom's played 31 games this year. I can't be reading that right. I am reading that right. Markstrom's played 31 games this year. We just passed the halfway point. That means he is on pace for 62. Math is probably a little bit off. Let's account for some rounding errors. Let's say 60. That's not the decrease in workload we were expecting for Jacob Markstrom this season. That is the exact work. He had 63 last year and then played in... How many playoff games was it? Not enough, right? <laughs> um... 12 playoff games last year, too. So, the dude played in 75 hockey games last year. Why, why, why is he already in the 30s this year for games played? I can't believe that, Mark. That that seems... That seems really high, doesn't it? 31? Oh, HockeyDB's never lied to me before. That's just games played, too. So, maybe he's coming in relief and things like that. But, holy hell, why is this guy playing so much hockey right now? I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm I'm never going to get it. I, I I just it's so frustrating with Jacob Markstrom and with this Flames team. And again, look, this isn't to say Markstrom isn't good. Markstrom's very good, and I think the the ceiling for both of them, if they can both get to them, Markstrom's is still higher. On their best days, Markstrom is still the better goalie than Dan Vladar. But you you have to let him have more of his good days. And throwing him out there on pace for 60 times again this season is not the way to go about doing that. So the the discussion about like who should play in the next game, I, I, I have no qualms with going back with, with Vladar. But then Markstrom come back in for the game, um, the, the following game against the, the National Predators. Like enough with just riding these guys into the ground. Let's let them... 
Let them get a couple of breathers here. And if we're getting to a point down the stretch where you need to win every hockey game, which, let's be real, we probably will get to with this Flames team, then we can talk about borderline abusive ice times for these guys. But until then, th this was supposed to be the easy part to, to get both these guys work. It's, it's crazy to me where the Flames are at with this goaltending situation. Again, let's take a look at the chat for the first time today. Left-handed penman saying we actually have three good goalies. Wolf down with Wranglers as well. Touche to you, penman. Um, yeah, no, uh, Wolf, uh, it seems like anyway, has once again been fantastic for this team. Uh, or for the, the, the Wranglers down in the American Hockey League. Um... Dan really saved our bacon. That is absolutely 100%. Um, Matt saying, Vladar starts until he gives a reason not to, in my opinion. that Look, if you want to go with that, that's fair. I I, I think that you can just, you can find balance with, with both of these. Uh, I agree, but Sutter won't. Uh, Jesus Christ, no. Look, um, Blues fan reacts. I thought Grice was really good in this game tonight. That Coleman one you want back, I, I think. Like, the, the five-hole goal, whatever. But um, I, I think that the team in front of him kind of let him down in this game as a couple of turnovers there in the third period end up coming back to bite them in the end. Uh, Conrad saying, oh, it's a primetime Klein night. Uh, then I have to say this, Disney over Saudi. Yes, if you haven't followed the professional wrestling drama over the last uh, the 72 hours or so, Oh boy, that's been a, a, an entirely different world. Um, but yes, I, I would tend to agree with that take there, Conrad. Uh, we got a good chat going here tonight. We got 26 people in there. Let's get, A, let's get the like number up a little bit more, if you don't mind. Um, but also, let, let's share this out there a little bit. This is a big win for the Flames. Like, we were, I feel like starting out on, um... I feel like we are starting out on a, a bit of a downer note because I'm bitching about goaltender usage, but that, that's a, that, that is a very good Flames win. Let's take a look here at the standings right quick. The Flames with that win uh, now move four points clear of the Blues, who are the last team outside of a playoff spot. Um, and they are now five, still five points back of the Kraken, who pick up a big win against the Boston Bruins in Boston tonight, um, as my chair continues to sink. So we might even have to adjust the camera down a little bit. Um, I don't know why my chair keeps doing that. But anyway, uh, the, the Flames, with that win, are now two points clear of Edmonton as well for um, the first wild card spot. And the Flames and the Oilers are now even in games played. Shout out to the uh, voice of the Medicine Hat Tigers, Gino DiPaoli, who is in the chat tonight. Entertain me, PK. I'm losing feeling in my ass on the bus to Brandon. All right, we will try to, to entertain as much as the Flames did in that third period, thanks to a couple of key guys uh, on this team. Dylan Dubé um, has sneaky needed to step up over the last little bit. And I think he stepped up in a big time way in this game. Like he is never going to be the player that you fully notice on that line with Lindholm and Toffoli um, like that. That's just, those are two very, very good hockey players. So it's probably not going to happen. Um, but Dubé, this was his first goal in nine games. And there, there's been a lot of talk about who needs to step up, um, whether it be, uh, Huberto, or why is Lucci still getting th this type of ice time, and why are... There, there's been a lot of questions, and I feel like Dubé has kind of gone under the radar. And I'm not saying this is the, the get-right game for Dylan Dubé as he gets two tonight with the empty netter, um, but 
if they can get him kind of rolling and get him going at the peak of his powers with, with Huberto, um, or sorry, with, with Lindholm and with Toffoli, that makes the top line once again really dangerous. And that's all we're looking for from the Flames is just be a little dangerous because th this is not a team that seems to do a whole lot of creating of the old high danger chances. Um, I... I just wish that there was either a line or a player or someone who would kind of step up. Because with all due respect to uh, the, the St. Louis Blues fans in the chat this evening, I don't think the Blues, did, once again, I don't think the Blues did anything groundbreaking that should have hindered the Flames in, in a whole lot of areas. And again, 4-1 makes it seem like the Flames maybe dominated more than they did. And they got a shitload of shots off, but not a whole lot of them from danger areas. It wasn't until the third period when the forecheck started to create a few turnovers that the Flames started to create those high danger opportunities. When it was just for to steal a basketball term, by the way... SDPN now with a basketball podcast. Check that one out. Um, but to steal a basketball term, not a whole lot going on in the old half-court offense for the, the Flames in this game. They need some kind of... Um, some kind of like player or line or something to, to step up and really do this. And if Dubé can... Maybe, he, maybe he's not that guy. But maybe he is the guy to help Lindholm and to fully be that guy. Uh, or be those guys, then that that gets this ball rolling again in other directions. But right now, it's clear that the best line on this team is what I I guess you would consider the third line with Backlund, uh, Coleman, and Manjapani. And they strike again in this game as Coleman ends up getting the insurance marker that kind of uh, removed some of the doubt from this game with the uh, the goal that makes it three to one. It starts off of a, a very aggressive forecheck from back on a Manjapani, and Coleman finishes. And Coleman, I thought, was really good all game. He had a, a, a play that killed some time on a penalty kill. Uh, it was a pass back at the point. Um, I think it was Cairo and Falk who were back there. And Coleman just slides his stick out, intercepts it, and then he kills another 20 seconds skating the puck down the ice. It's plays like that where he just really steps up. And you can start to see the, the value that he adds. And I don't know if he's ever going to score goals that make it seem like that contract is worth it. But boy, oh boy, those whole intangibles um, thing that Coleman can bring, really, really, he brings all of those. And the, the value that he provides to this Flames team, as I continue to sink in this stupid chair, uh, the value he provides this Flames team, I, I think, with some of those intangibles is quite something. So for the Flames now to, to have this line going, I would stick with this line for a bit. Like, it, it's kind of unlocked Manjapani again. Like, it's unlocked everyone else this season. Um, I think if you put Pelche on that line, it would be a whole lot of fun. Um... And then you can kind of shift things around. Like, again, if you put Pelche or Phillips there and move Manjapani with Kadri and Huberto, a lot of my qualms are solved with that. But another thing I want to point out, and it's a frustration with the coach, and it'll lead us to our third uh, segment on the show today. Think about who we're talking about here. Like, the, these are, in the like the, the, the scope of humanity, they are above average size human beings. But... In terms of the National Hockey League, who have we talked about from the, the Flames forwards tonight as guys who have um, as guys who have really kind of like stepped up for the Flames? We've talked about Dylan Dubé, not huge. We've talked about Blake Coleman, not huge. We've talked about Andrew Mangiapane, notoriously not a huge human being. Michael Backlund, not huge. Again, all of these guys... Like, if you saw them walking down the street, you wouldn't go, oh my goodness, that is a large human being. Like, this isn't like basketball. But 
it would be like, oh, that is a noteworthy person. But in terms of the National Hockey League, these guys aren't massive. And I just don't get, um, Sweet Peter Klein loves medicine hat too, Gino DiPaoli. I just don't get how the coach can see when you put, whether it's Zahorna, Ruzichka, Dewar on the fourth line, the fourth line does better. When you have guys who aren't six foot five, 235 pounds, out there, you are still succeeding with guys like Dubé, with guys like Coleman, with guys like Manjapani. I don't get how you can see the success you are having with all of these things that you continue to be so against. It is mind-boggling that they are doing that, or that it's still Lucic in these spots, and it's still, uh, well, we can't put another kid out there. Why? Every, like, almost every time. I get Matthew Phillips didn't blow the world away in the 15 minutes he was granted of National Hockey League time. It was probably more than that. I'm being hyperbolic to prove a point. Aside from that, Ruzichka, impact. Zahorna, impact. Dewar, impact. Guys who have been called up from the American Hockey League are having impacts. Guys who are maybe a little bit undersized for the, the style of hockey that Daryl Sutter has loved for the last 40 years are having impacts. I don't get how you cannot see the evidence right in front of you and you refuse, refuse to make any adjustments. So we will get into more of that coming up here in the third segment. Let's go back into the chat. Uh, I saw we had a Blues fan um, chiming in, J-Rock saying, how dare you? The Blues did the groundbreaking move of middling so hard that they are ready to go for it while wanting to sell off at the deadline. Um, I just want to say, and that this was, I was going to bring this up in the third segment. I'll just bring it up now. The Blues have a lot of players I like. Like um, the the uh, goalie, not the one who played tonight, the, 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 the that other fellow, he can beat it. But there's a bunch of dudes on the Blues I like. Like I, I've always been a Buchnevich fan, um, which isn't the hottest of takes. Like I, I'm pretty sure if he hasn't scored 30 before, he's going to. Um, Kairou was all over the ice tonight. I like him a lot. Thomas is really good. Um that they have uh, Shen. I've always liked Shen. And again, I'm not breaking any ground here. A bunch of these dudes won a Stanley Cup, but were very good. But the Blues just have a lot of guys who I like. And if they ever decided to blow it up, I I, I would be there to to try to to pick up the scraps because I I I like a bunch of guys on this Blues team quite a bit. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Swearing PK is my favorite PK. It's so natural to me. It just kind of flow. I was worried about that. Uh, for, for those who didn't hear, um, I did a hit with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 earlier this week. And I was so worried I was going to swear because it's just, it, it's, I, I don't want to say it's natural for me, but like in this, we have a bit more freedom linguistically. And on the, the podcast that I do on my own couch potato diary, like it's literally just me. I, I am the, 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 the CEO of, of couch potato diary. I let myself swear. And then it, it just becomes so, oh yeah. And then you beat the shit out of this guy. It just becomes so natural to me. I was very worried about that, but happy. I could, I could still be, um, uh, uh, someone who could do mainstream media for uh, a few days. Um, five minutes, five on five. You're not exaggerating enough, Peter. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we have some AJHL trash talk going on in here. Um, Camden, uh, Kelly one saying, I hardly ever look and say Coleman wasn't very good, but man, I think he is one of the only players that has elevated his, his game. He's been a standard, a standout player for me. Love his play this year. Yes. I, I will admit Camden Kelly one that I, I have not given Coleman enough credit. I, I have given a lot of the credit on that line to, um, Michael Backlund and the, the work that he has done this year. I think Backlund should be in the all-star game, but 
Yes, I, um, <laughs> thank you, Lindsay. Um, but yes, no, I, I need to give Coleman a lot more credit. He has been just so great. Uh, Lindsay with the drive-by, uh, drive-by high and by, uh, saying that she is, uh, giving a like, and also hope Audie gets a win. And yes, it does seem, uh, even Audie and I discussed this, where we, we were on a Zoom call just quickly the other day. It seems like, like, I get losses, he gets the bad losses. You know, like, I... I get, oh man, they, they wanted to play well against the Kings and they didn't. Well, now I can be outraged. He has to sit through some of the worst losses this team's had this season. So brace yourselves on Saturday afternoon because Adi is going to be the one who is coming back. Uh, if you miss any of this, uh, you can check out the, uh, these videos stay on YouTube. Uh, so you can check them out. Let's keep the likes going so that bumps up into people's algorithms a little bit more. Share these videos. But also, we have a podcast, Game Over NHL. Um, just subscribe to that. You'll get every game over from all the other Canadian teams as well. It is a great way to, to stay on top of things. Just a quick, uh, quick aside, that has helped me in my research, um, in, in maybe participating in some of the fine actions with the folks of, uh, with sports interaction, keep up on all the Canadian teams. You get to get to hear about how the teams that they are facing are faring as well. It's a, it's a nice, it's a nice little bit of, um, nice little bit of research there. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, game over, we are crushing it right now and just need more people to know about it. So subscribe to the podcast, like this video, share it with all of your friends. So the, the young players conversation is always going to come up with this team and, and it still is. And I will admit, like I, I tweeted out today, um, when Dewar scored, I very facetiously, I guess, saying that, oh, look, a young player has contributed. I could never imagine such a thing. And then hashtag free Pelche and hashtag free Phillips. And someone kind of came at me and was like, Phillips isn't a young player anymore, which, hey, he's 24. Yes, he is. But someone was saying, like, he, he hasn't really developed um, or he, he's done developing. Sorry. And I, I think like. I don't, because I, A, I can't tell the future, so I can't be like, how dare you? Of course he's still developing, because look, non-zero chance he has, right? Like, there's a non-zero chance that Matthew Phillips' peak is just a really good American Hockey League player, which, by the way, no shame in that game either. I tend to disagree with that. I think that there is um, quite the upper bound limits on the ceiling of Matthew Phillips, and I think that we are now past the point of him learning in the American Hockey League. Like, I get where we kind of come from, where the best thing for a kid is just to play, right? And if you're, if you're only going to play 10 minutes in the National Hockey League, or as, as Conrad pointed out, uh, five minutes of five on five in the National Hockey League, then developmentally, it makes sense to all of us, right? It makes sense that he needs to play more. Like, what development is he getting in five minutes of um, NHL time where he could be getting 20 minutes in the American Hockey League. The issue is, it kind of seems like, to steal a video game term, it seems like he's beat that level now, right? Like, we, we have established, I think, rather substantially, that this team um, has kind of got all they're going to get out of Matthew Phillips at the American Hockey League. We have established that he is really good at the American Hockey League level. I think at this point... It does more for him to play five minutes a night in the NHL and then gasp, maybe seven to ten. Like, I, I think that he can now kind of go on the Andrew Manjapani, Dylan Dubé trajectory. And that's where that's where those guys started, right? Like, Manjapani was a fourth-line player, and he has now worked his way up to, I mean, technically right now he's a third-line player. But you know what I mean. Um, Dylan Dubé, same thing. He started out on the fourth line and has worked his way up to the, the point where, um, like, he is on the top line and not looking 
entirely out of place all of the time. This is, you can develop players at the NHL. The NHL is not a developmental league, but there is a point where just getting able to play 20 minutes a night is starting to get diminishing returns. Like, I think having him become a bit more familiar with NHL speed, become a bit more familiar, probably more importantly for him, with NHL size and kind of learning how to deal with that. He needs to learn those things now. He doesn't need to learn how to score at the American Hockey League level. He needs to learn what it's like to get just absolutely shit pumped by Brent Burns in front of the net and how to handle that and how to have it not happen again. You need to learn from an Andrew Mangiapane how to use what size you have to your advantage. You need to be around, not that uh, uh, any, no disrespect intended to any people in the development staff with the Calgary Wranglers, but uh, I think having him with the NHL strength and development team might help him out there. So I, I feel like the Flames... Like, it, it, it makes sense, again, like, just think of video games. Like, oh, you play a bunch, so now you have a bunch of XP. I think we've kind of maxed that out. I, I think now is the time where, oh, well, he's not a fourth-line player. We don't want to play him on the fourth line. No, but he's an NHL player. We want to play him in the NHL. Like, I, I think we, we've now seen enough with this Flames team, with Ruzichka, with teams of the past, like, uh, like I said, with Manjapani and Dubé, where these young players, at least Phillips, have kind of got all they're going to get out of the, the American Hockey League. That probably doesn't go for Zari, um, as Mike Gould pointed out on here, uh, with probably now a couple of months ago. He is getting to, to kind of man his own line and at times man his own team. And I, I think there's development in that. Phillips has got that. So now I think is the time to, to let him roll. I would love for them to give him a better shot. Like I, I think at the beginning of the year, I was saying, um, put him on a line with Huberto and let Huberto kind of get the most out of him. So obviously like I am in camp, let this kid thrive. But at this point, just putting him on the fourth line, I, I think kind of lets him thrive more than being able to light the lamp in the American Hockey League for the 52nd time. Like <laughs> if they called him up now, he might end the season as the, the league's uh, scoring leader. I'm only exaggerating, kind of. Let's get back into the chat here. Uh, Conrad saying, I feel last year, Daryl Sutter, I felt got uh, that team as far as he could. But in this year, I feel like he's the one holding the roster back. I, I would agree to that to a certain extent. Like, um, again, all due respect to Daryl Sutter, phenomenal coach, has won a Stanley Cup. Um, it probably ha should have had two if the referees would have seen that hashtag it was in in 2004. But, um... I would agree. Like, he he is not doing things, I think, to optimize this team um, in the way that I think you need a coach to. I, I'm not going to say that, like, the, the blown third-period leads are his fault, but I do think it's noteworthy that they happen to come out super flat to, to start these periods, and it ends up costing them. Like, they start games really well, but to, to start the third period, what is that now? Three goals in the first three minutes of the third period in the last couple of games? So I, I think that Daryl, if he is not the one holding this team back. He is certainly not the one who is elevating this squad right now. Uh, J-Rock coming back in. As a Blues fan, I have a different perspective from Calgary fans. When I look at your roster, I fear the team. When I remember who your coach is, I relax. It's either a tough fight or we walk all over you. That's fair. Um, yeah, not like you look at the roster. Like, just take a step back from, from how these guys are playing. If you just look at this roster the way we did at the start of the season with Toffoli and Huberto and Kadri, um, Lindholm, Manjapani, Dubé, uh, Backlund, Coleman, <laughs> Trevor Lewis. Um, <laughs> you look at all these guys. It's like, yeah, this is a dangerous hockey team. 
Why can't we get to that? And I, I just, I... The, all of the shots coming from non-dangerous areas. I'm sure Daryl isn't telling the guys, hey, by all means, no matter what you do, do not go to the front of the net. Like, I'm sure he is not saying that, but it does seem like there is an edict that is just like, shoot from fucking anywhere. And that's, that, that seems to be what they're doing. Like, I feel like there needs to be just a, a little bit more, there doesn't seem to be a mix right now between how this roster is built and how Daryl Sutter wants to play hockey. And I, I know there's been a lot of talk about that recently with, with Bradshaw living and his status for next year. But yeah, it, it just, it feels like there is a bit of a disconnect there for sure. Um, left-handed penman had this one earlier. Uh, you want to put Mange back up with Kadri? That didn't look great in my opinion. Look, that was at the start of the season. Um, Kadri was still getting his, his feet wet with this team. I, I didn't, I think that having Manjapani and Dubé, well, I don't think both player or either player is super reliant. Um, I, I don't know if either of them are like driver of a second line yet. Not that they're just like passenger tertiary players or anything like that, but like, I, I don't know if those guys alone help drive things. And so I think that was asking a lot of Kadri to work with both of them. Or if you have Kadri with Huberto and Manjapani, I, I think it meshes together uh, a little bit more. But also, like, I just, in my head, it works. I know it didn't on the ice, but in, in my head, it works. So I would like to, to give that one a try um, at, at some point here. I'd just like to see them give it a go. Uh, Phillip's situation is simple. You got three months to play him or he walks in the summer. Is that accurate? It doesn't seem... I feel like they would have more team control over him than that. Look, I, I've been saying for a bit, um, if you don't play Matthew Phillips here, then trade him. Because there are going to be more people who, like the, the couple in my timeline um, tonight, who were saying, like, uh, this guy's kind of reached his, uh, this guy's reached his ceiling. That, that there is no, there is no level for this guy to get to now. Like he's, he has, he is done developing. You are going to get more people saying that, and it's going to be more difficult to get value for this player. So if you refuse and just let him be a good AHL player, use him as a trade chip. If you want uh, a trade package for Timo Meyer to, to be put over the top, throw in the, the top scorer of the American Hockey League. Uh, it's an RFA. Uh, for Matthew Phillips at the end of the season. So, I mean, doesn't have all of the leverage in the world, but like literally his contract is up at the end of the year, but it is uh, restricted after that. So the the point is like, if, if you aren't going to get the value for Matthew Phillips on your team, get it back in a trade. At, at this point, like it's, it's one or the other. He's not an American Hockey League player. He is an NHL player, either here or somewhere else. Uh, that is going to do it for this episode of Game Over. This has been a ton of fun. Oh, sorry, Josh uh, asking, who do you think will start Saturday for the Flames? I think it will be Markstrom. Do I think they should go with Markstrom? Probably not. Um, but I, I think they will go back with Jacob Markstrom. That is the official prediction of one half of the Game Over hosting staff. The other half will be back with you on Saturday afternoon as Audie James takes back over. So get ready for a heartbreaking, emotionally debilitating loss against the Dallas Stars, who I believe at the time of this uh, recording, excuse me, are still the top team in the Central Division. Another monster game for the Flames. I said coming into this, the Flames need to get seven points on this road trip for me to think that this was a successful road trip. Well, looking at the calendar, uh, well, it's two points tonight. It's an overtime loss and an overtime loss. So right now they're at four points. They can still get to the seven that I had for a, um, 
They can still get to the seven for a, a successful road trip. We will see if they can continue that pace when they play the Dallas Stars Saturday afternoon. One more time, like this video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the podcast, follow me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein. Thank you all so much for watching. I love doing these shows. It's been a blast. And that's the wrong mouse. We will talk to you guys later. Game over! Powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook.